The terrible twos, you've probably heard or used that term to describe a rapid shift in the mood and behavior of a toddler. Coming up next, some tips for parents experiencing this challenging stage. This is Flourish, a podcast brought to you by Prisma Health. I'm Cheryl Martin, and with me is Dr. Stacy Cobb, a developmental behavioral pediatrician. Dr. Cobb, first of all, describe the behavior of a child in the terrible twos. Terrible two behavior tends to have a lot of tantrums. That tends to be what parents are most concerned about is kids being these little toddlers are told no. And the next thing you know, they're crying, stomping, screaming, throwing themselves down or throwing things at you. So why such a major shift in the behavior and moods of a two-year-old? It actually has a, it's a great marker of their overall development. So it's one of these things that is seen as negative by those outside the child, but actually is marking this great movement in the child's development where now they understand that they have a free will and they have some <laughs> choice and that they could make some choices and oftentimes that they do not want to do the things that the parents are asking them to do. So how should parents respond? Very best way is, first of all, to not give a ton of attention to the children for this negative behavior. So the kicking, the screaming, throwing ourselves down. If that works to get adults' attention, even though it's negative attention, that really actually helps feed that behavior, and you tend to see even more of it. So the best thing to do is to ignore those big tantrums and always try to work with a calm child. So when the child is calm, then you can actually give them some choices to help actually support their development of that ability to make choices and to have a free will. And that often helps prevent some of those most severe tantrums. Do you recommend disciplining the child? Most people think about discipline as being some active thing that they do, something like timeout or spanking. And what we really are trying to do is actually help model calm behavior, model how we react to negative things in the world. And so what we really want to do is model that behavior for the children themselves. So what's better to do is to ignore that behavior as not being an ideal response and then to give a lot of attention to the child when they are calm and want to either talk about something in whatever language that they have or when they're able to calmly make a choice between two things. That way we're actually encouraging this more calm, more mature behavior. Now, do you recommend that parents avoid challenging situations, let's say not taking the children to events when they are in the midst of the terrible twos? Well, it really is a fine line of balance. What we want to do is put children in situations where they can learn new skills, but not necessarily put them into situations that we know are going to be too challenging for them. So, for example, you maybe want to take your child out to to do something with the family and maybe picking something like the zoo that has more outdoor space, more calm, more built for that age child That may be a better choice than, for instance, taking your two-year-old to a quiet museum where the expectation for behavior is to be quiet and calm. That may be too challenging for that two-year-old. 
Now, what answer do you have for parents who feel strongly that they should discipline a child, and let's say it's not even a two-year-old, at what age should they discipline and what's the best way? Sure. So for youngest kids, I would say those probably two and under, we really work with ignoring. Lots Mm -hmm. of times parents, I don't think, see ignoring as a discipline strategy, but it absolutely is. So you actually are going to just withdraw your attention and then shower your attention on the behaviors you would like to see. And that can work for those children two and under. Usually at about two years old, we start to introduce timeout. And the common way that we do that is a timeout that is about one minute for each year of age. So for instance, a two-year-old would have a two-minute timeout. A three-year-old would have a three-minute timeout. And what we're really trying to do with timeout is help give the child some space to learn some self-regulation. Then for our older children, usually school-age children, we usually have restrictions. So we restrict things that are the things that they love or remove privileges. So that's like losing access to your favorite cartoon, losing access maybe to your electronic devices. And those are the recommended strategies. Now, the terrible twos, do they tend to end when the child becomes three or it can just go much longer? Well, it really depends on the child, and you'll hear many people talk about three-year-olds as being three-nagers, so having a lot of attitude for their (laughs) three-year-old little self. And most kids actually cycle through these periods or phases where their behavior becomes a little more challenging, and it tends to actually match up with when they're making these big developmental growths, big jumps or leaps in their development. So just like at two, maybe you learn about having a choice and being really well responsive to when you're given choices. At three, you're really seeking maybe more independence. And so having them giving off opportunities for that child to be as independent as they can in the things that they are able to do can be really helpful. So each age and phase kind of has its own behavioral challenges. I think most of us are very aware of some of the challenges that teenagers have. And so Mm -hmm. in the same way, each phase of younger childhood also has some developmental periods where behavioral challenges are very common. What are some other things that parents can do to help their toddler's development? For example, is preschool helpful? Yes, preschool is a great opportunity for kids to learn from other kids their age. We usually recommend that all children have access to a group learning setting starting at three years old. So prior to three, you really learn from your parents. And from three years old on, you actually can learn from other people around you as well. This doesn't have to be a set preschool, but this could even be things like a reading circle at the library just giving the child some opportunities to be in a group with other kids and be led by a parent, by a non-parent adult. What should parents consider when choosing a preschool program? What we really want parents to be thinking about is what group, what location, what environment really makes them feel confident that the people there love their child and are supportive of their child. It really, at these early ages, doesn't need to be really academically rigorous. 
what they're really learning is how to get along with people and how to follow the rules of our society. Things like waiting your turn to talk, waiting in a line. So really the most important thing for early learning environments is that you feel that it's a safe and nurturing environment for your child. Now, I know that potty training can be a big source of frustration for parents and toddlers. How do you know if your child is ready for potty training? Great question. Usually children show some kind of interest in the bathroom, and that is Mm. how we know that it's probably time to start potty training. This sometimes looks like following a parent or an older sibling into the bathroom out of curiosity to kind of see what's going on. Sometimes it can also mean flushing the toilet, or hopefully not, but sometimes flushing things down the toilet (laughs) and needing to redirect toward what is appropriate to go in the toilet and what's supposed to be flushed in the toilet. Those are all some good signs that maybe the child is ready for potty training. So what are some tips for doing it successfully? The best approach is really a low-stress approach. Sometimes parents will uh, read about people who have potty trained their child in 48 hours and all these wonderful, exciting programs that people (laughs) will offer that can potty train quickly. But it's best to not approach potty training with the goal of doing it in a certain time frame, but really allowing the child to get comfortable with the process and to go at their own pace. Really, what we usually recommend is something called scheduled sitting, which is just having the child sit on the potty for a few minutes at regular intervals, starting at very close intervals of maybe 20 to 30 minutes, and then expanding that out longer as the child is dry. So if the child stays dry for 30 minutes, then maybe the next time you're going to try giving them 40 minutes until they sit on the potty again. And slowly, you can actually extend out how much time they're going to the potty. And once they get to a nice, comfortable amount of time, maybe a couple hours before they need to use the potty again, then you can really work on them telling you when they need to go to the potty. And then that is a fully potty trained child. What is your response to maybe there being maybe a social stigma if it looks like this is a big kid or an older kid who still hasn't been potty trained. So is there an age range of when it should take place? Well, it is really hard for parents who are maybe parenting a child who's large for their age, tall for their age, or maybe who has some developmental delays. So potty training is just going to be something that comes at a later age for that child. So in a perfect world, we would all remember that maybe each family has its own struggles and is walking their own path. And for us not to judge people maybe who have a child who's in diapers that we don't think are appropriate. But if you're that parent, I just always tell parents that what we really want to focus on is our own child's development and knowing that some kids will potty train just at various stages and ages. The majority of children potty train probably by about three to four years old. Girls tend to potty train a little bit earlier, but those are just really wide generalizations. So the range is really quite wider than that. And many children will still wet the bed until as old as eight or nine years old. And we still generally feel that that is physiologically normal. And you mentioned if there are developmental problems, but are there any other situations when it wouldn't be, let's say, a good time to potty train? 
many people are aware of uh, the difficulty with potty training a child when another child is about to be born into the family. So very often we will tell families that we may want to hold off on potty training unless your child is very interested if there is another child about to be born into the family, like in the next two to three months. Very commonly, those children will potty train, but when the new baby is brought home, they'll actually regress and they'll lose their potty training skill and it'll have to be retaught. So for those families, just to help minimize their stress with a new baby in the house, sometimes we will encourage them just to hold off unless their child is really, really eager and ready for potty training. Any other advice for parents of toddlers you'd like to share? I think the most important advice for a parent of a toddler is to spend time with your child in play and in reading. Playing with your child face-to-face is really how they learn so many skills. They learn better from their parents face-to-face than even all the educational programming that parents often access on the TV or on their iPad or other digital devices. There is no substitute for play with a parent, even simple play like blocks and picture books. Thank you for sharing that. That is great. I'm so glad you added that insight because I I see so many parents with young kids, they're on the tablets or the iPads. Mm Yeah, and there are lots of learning programs for little children. We don't really know based on research if those actually help stimulate development or not. But we do know from a whole big wealth of information and research about early childhood development that that face-to-face hands-on play with a parent is the number one push for good developmental growth and just this really great development of social connection and social skills. Dr. Stacy Cobb, you've provided some great insights and suggestions for those dealing with the child going through the terrible twos and just toddlers. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. For more information on other topics, visit prismahealth.org flourish. And thanks for listening to Flourish, a podcast brought to you by Prisma Health.